Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by NFL Draft analysts Ryan Roberts and Alex Gilstrap. We're part of the Believe Podcast Network. Today's episode, we are going to be reacting and unpacking the movement in the top of the NFL draft order as the current leader drops a spot. Somebody else is in position to tank for Trevor Lawrence. We're also going to talk a little bit about Justin Fields and his current draft stock, and then we will hit on our favorite bowl game prospect matchups. Before we get into it, let's talk about Bet Online. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. Fun little story, folks. Did not put any money down as I am not as Willing to bet, as I probably should be. I'm telling you, I'm going to be going forward. But I actually took the Jets to cover this week. I could have made a lot of money had I actually put some money down on that bet. But nonetheless, don't be like me. Don't be hesitant. Put your money down if you think something's going to happen. And go get yourself that cash. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, let's get into what is now the hot topic. There is one name that is going to be talked about way more than it probably should be right now, but it is the hot name, and that is Justin Fields. So we need to first address what happened on Saturday. Justin Fields had a sloppy performance, not the quality of play that we're used to seeing him have against very good programs, multiple interceptions, a low passing total in terms of yardage. And this wouldn't really mean much, as we typically say on this show, one game is not indicative of what the prospect is, what their draft stock is. But this is now two games this season where Justin Fields has struggled against ranked opponents and good defenses, that being Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship and then Indiana earlier on in the year. So guys, I need to know, we need to talk about this. At this point, should we be worrying at all about Justin Fields' draft stock? And I know we already asked this question a few weeks ago, but should we be worrying again? Ryan, let's hear from you first. Where do you sit? Well, I I mean, to go back to start here, right, let's – have some context to the situation, like I always kind of ask for. Chris Olave did not play, who was their their top wide receiver, okay? They've had some reshuffling of the offensive line. They've had some injuries. 
there is context to understand of why this performance happens. That being said, in now two out of six games, there have been a subpar performance from Justin Fields, namely Indiana and now Northwestern. Now, that has to be considered because this is not a one-game admiration now. This is two games against the two best defenses he's played this season, against the two best teams on his schedule to this date he has struggled against. The pocket management continues to be a concern. He was not going through reads to the degree that he was against the earlier opponents in the season. So there is absolutely concerns to be had here. Now, when we're talking about, hey, he might be the consolation prize for the New York Jets now at number two, I'm going to tell you this right now, that who is the second quarterback on the board for teams is going to be all over the place in the NFL. It is not going to be Justin Fields by an overwhelming margin. Some will have Zach Wilson. Some will have Justin Fields. Some will have Trey Lance. Now, that being said, I will still take Justin Fields in the top 10. I think he is that talented. But I'm not going to sit here and lie that I am not a little uneasy about Justin Fields right now. I am. There is something there that has me very nervous. Very nervous. So much so, I talked to Joe about this earlier, Alex, actually. If I was the Jets and I had similar grades on, relatively speaking, Fields and maybe a Wilson's near him or Trey Lance near whatever it is, I might be a trade-back candidate in this situation because Justin Fields, honestly, he worries me a little bit. Well, for me, I always go back to this. You know, Trevor Lawrence is this top prospect. You know, there, there's no missing on Trevor Lawrence. That's the that's the narrative around him as a prospect. Yet six games into his second full year starting, and this is a point that I that I made the last time we we had this conversation, we were worried about his level of play against worse teams than Justin Fields has struggled with in his second year. You know, he struggled against North Carolina's defense, which it was not good and is not good. He struggled against Georgia Tech. He struggled. Those were very early into his, you know, the first half of his uh, second year starting. This is this would be the first half of Justin Fields' second year starting in a normal year, six games into the season. That's the first half. And, yeah, we've seen him struggle against two quality. Uh, quality is kind of a, a, a nice word to put it, but two of the better teams that he, he would be able to face in the Big Ten. And I'd say that, on average, they're better than the, the opponents Trevor Lawrence struggled against last year in the first six games. And all that's just to be said that we're, we're we're all worried about Justin Fields. You know, he struggled against decent defenses. And we had these concerns, Trevor Lawrence, his second year, first half of the season. And, and Trevor Lawrence just has this narrative of Andrew Luck, you know, best quarterback since Andrew Luck, best quarterback since Peyton Manning, John Elway. Those are the names thrown out there. And yet Justin Fields is over here getting, should he even be a top 10 pick you know, uh, I think I think that. Sorry, I'm not. I'm no, not you're really good. Apologize for cutting you off. But like my 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 thing though, there is. I agree that we there. It has to be some look. Like if you're gonna knock Tre- Justin Fields for the negative games, you're gonna knock jo- Trevor Lawrence for the negative games. Absolutely. And looking back on 2019 specifically, there were some clunkers early in the right. season against Trevor Lawrence. But the fact that they were early in the season and as the season went on, he improved, showed improvement, and he's been very good so far in 2020. Right. Justin Fields starting hot and then fizzling a little bit, I think is a little more worrisome than a guy starting off not great, but then improving throughout the year. And the, the best part about this is Justin Fields has a chance to bounce back. We we get to see him up against Clemson's defense, and 
who knows, a win there, and they're going to see Alabama probably, maybe Notre Dame, you know, whoever he faces there, he's going to have quality defenses to to bounce back. And I think that the this next game against Clemson and, and potentially a game after that is going to be really big for his evaluation. If he puts up another stinker against Clemson, another bad game, you know, you do have to start questioning, okay, is this one of those guys that's just going to be good against bad teams and bad against good teams is this is this what we're going to get and at the next level there is no bad teams truly even the jets as we see they're not that bad of a team relative uh to the teams around them as you saw they beat the rams this weekend so look at the end of the day justin fields has very 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 good traits physically that's both from an athleticism standpoint that's from a, a arm strength standpoint that's that there's no question there and if you're questioning that i i have i have more of a conversation to be had but it's decision making. It's 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 decision making. It's it's the ability to process what's in front of you. Those are the question marks. And like I said, he has a chance to to kind of bounce back here. Uh, there, those are going to be question marks throughout the draft process. I still think Justin Fields is the second best quarterback in this class. I think more more people than not are going to consider him the the second quarterback in this class. I still fall in line to believe that more draft classes than not, he is QB one. Out of the last handful of years, I still think he he would be QB one in many of those years, but there are questions to be had about his his play against uh, tougher defenses, and I, I I just want to let the the let the play on the field sell itself out against Clemson in a couple weeks. It's, it's not so much because I've seen some some growth in terms of progression. I've seen some gro- some growth going from one to two reads, right. even to three at points. It's the pocket management, man. That's a big indicator at the next level. We've seen Jared Goff really take a bad nosedive here it's because he's been a guy that doesn't manage the pocket well and while Justin Fields is a much better athlete and in theory is going to get out of those pockets and those bad situations that it's only going to get faster up front there's only going to get more pressure up front on the next level that is one thing in his game that has me absolutely terrified the ability to manage a pocket like I've seen moments from the other guys that are up in the top of the class the Zach Wilson's even the Trey Lance's where they can handle pressure, in my opinion, a little better than Justin Fields can. So that's just kind of like one thing that I just keep coming back to and has me a little terrified, to be honest. So you guys both hit on the fact that he does have this bounce-back opportunity. And frankly, if he doesn't perform well against Clemson and we see a third game this year against a really talented team and the most talented team that he's going to face, if he puts together a sloppy game, I do think it's worth considering is he as much of a lock to be the second overall pick as he was previously? So that then leads into what we now have to talk about. The New York Jets, Adam Gase manages to fail at the one thing that he was successful at, and that was failing. He fails to properly tank for Trevor Lawrence. They beat the Los Angeles Rams. Sorry, Ryan, for that one. Thank you. We, we, we now have a scenario where the Jaguars have leapfrogged the Jets for that number one spot. They currently sit in the number one spot. And frankly, considering who the Jaguars have on their schedule and who the Jets have on their schedule, it's probably going to sit that way for the final two weeks. This isn't something that happened in week eight. This is something that happened at the very end of the year. And more likely than not, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. Now people are starting to debate, what the hell do you do if you're Joe Douglas in the New York Jets? I honestly think that Adam Gase is now going to end up returning. We don't need to unpack that. Don't say that. I, don't I, say I don't that. Wanna, 
Don't Joe Douglas that. loves the guy. Joe Douglas is his boy, man. They, they're very, very tight, and the reason why he took over as general manager is because of Adam Gase. So they're going to give him one more year after he just won that one football game. I'm telling you right now, that is going to happen. Again, I don't want to go down that, that rabbit hole. <laughs> but people are actually putting this out there into the ether that it, it might not be in their best interest to go with Justin Fields at that second overall pick. If you're going to continue to build around a young quarterback, you might as well continue to stick with going forward with Sam Darnold. And that's honestly where I sit. Where do you guys sit on this? Do you think that they should still go with Fields? Should they maybe trade back? Should they go with Penny Sewell? Ryan, what, what do you think? What do they need to do? Ah, oh, man. Um, so, I mean, to begin with, like you said, to begin is there more of a question on who the second quarterback off the board is? I feel like it always wasn't certain, to be honest with you. Like, me and Alex have had a little back and forth between, like, Lance versus Fields. Like, that's just kind of my preference. Right. But to my understanding, the, the, the opinions are kind of all over the place. So I don't think it was ever, like, Justin Fields is the foregone guy being the second quarterback off the board. I don't think that it was ever a conclusion that was made. If that's, his guy, if that's their guy, if that is the Jets guy, they go with Justin Fields. That's just point blank period. But what I said, and I believe this, is if you are not settled there and you say, like, we like two out of three of the other guys, the Zach Wilsons, the Trey Lances, hopefully not Kyle Trask. For God. That'd be the funniest thing in the world if the Jets drafted Trey Lance. <laughs> Kyle uh, Trask. Drafted, uh, Kyle Trask. Oh, second be- overall. <laughs> that, would be so, that would be so funny. But if they had similar grades on two of the top three guys, I wouldn't put them out of question to be a trade-back candidate. Uh, the worst thing, though, in the world for them, and unfortunately for Sam Darnold, because I like Sam Darnold. I've always liked Sam Darnold. I still like Sam Darnold. I think he has a chance in the right situation. But I think it's it's done there with Sam Darnold. It's absolutely done. It needs to be done there with Adam Gase, too. And I hear what you're saying, Joe, and I know you don't want to go down that rabbit hole, so I promise I won't. But I think it's more likely that, that uh, Joe Douglas and Adam Gase are out then Joe Douglas calls that shot on bringing Adam Gase back. Like, I think that that is way more likely. And I will say that if it was my selection, it, I need to trust the evaluators that I have on the road. I need to trust the scouting department. So I'm, I'm not trying to dodge this question. It's just simply if tr- there's two scenarios. If Justin Lance is your – I mean, Justin Lance. If Justin Fields is your guy, you take him. If you have questions and you have a couple guys with similar grades – I would trade back. Now, I agree with you. Whoever their QB2 is, you take them in this situation. I think that this team has so much talent. We've seen this defense really come alive here in the last few weeks. I think they have one of the – I don't think they have one of the better defenses in the NFL, but I think they have a very, very solid defense, a very, very, very solid core of young defensive players. They have a franchise left tackle now in Mekhi Becton. I think there is there is pieces on this team, and I, I do think the quarterback play and the head coach – is what's holding them back. So I think whoever you have as QB2, whether that's Justin Fields, whether that's Trey Lance, whether that's Zach Wilson, that's who you go with it to. As far as your trade back scenario, I I don't see a world where you trade back further than four if that's the case. I don't think you can. Because if you're, if, you're, if you're telling me you're choosing between, you have two guys that you have similarly graded, and you know in theory, that's a great idea. Trade back, accumulate more future draft picks, especially when you're at the top of the draft with so many quarterback needy teams, that's great. But if you trade back further than four, which four is going to be one of probably Atlanta and Carolina is what we're looking at. Two teams that could very well go quarterback. If you go back behind that fourth spot, both of those guys could be taken at the number two pick, the team you trade with, and number four. 
which is one of Carolina or Atlanta. They could both be gone just like that. And that's not it. When you're talking about the quarterback position and the future of your franchise, when you do have, you know, redeeming pieces across the, across the depth chart, that's not a fire you want to be playing with. So I think if they do trade back, it's no further than four with whoever that is. I think, I think at the end of the day, you just, Trust your gut, trust your evaluators, like you said, that you have on that staff to make that decision, and you choose your QB2, whoever that is. Well, I, the one thing, though, I feel like if you're not getting Trevor Lawrence, the remaining crop of guys, it might be a, a mixed bag, and it might be a lot of guys that are, are very similarly graded. Like, you could have, possibly, by the end of this draft evaluation process, you could have Wilson, Lance, and Fields not too far apart. You might have fields higher than those other two guys, but if they're not not that far apart, why wouldn't you take that chance to trade back for someone who's really desperate and really interested in Justin Fields? Like, why wouldn't you? I'm sure there's definitely going to be somebody who picks up the phone and tries to do that. So move back a little bit and take the the second guy out of the three instead of the first Yeah, no, I definitely think if you have two to three of those guys, if you have two guys rated very, very similarly where you could take either one. Definitely trade back to no, but no further than four. If you have all three of those next guys after Trevor Lawrence graded very, very similarly, where you don't care which one you get, which I find hard to believe that you're gonna have all three so so similarly graded that you don't have a preference really. I think you you can't trade back that far. There's just too many quarterback needy teams in that top six or seven that you just have to t- take your guy. I find it. Hard to believe that uh, that you would have all three of those guys graded so similarly that you're you're willing to play with fire and and just see what you get and just hope you get one I, of them. I I think it's my mindset. I, I this is so like I get I agree a hundred percent, and this is why I'm saying like if there's one guy that is your guy and you ha- he stands apart from everybody right. else, you take him. You don't question it. You dra- you draft him and you move on and you hope for the best. My only thing, I guess it's my mindset I'm thinking because for me personally, after Lawrence, I have Lance and Fields graded pretty similarly. Like they're right. bunched up there pretty close. So like in my mind, I don't have a guy where I would say a fit like definitively, I would say, because like I you know I'm a Trey Lance guy, but like Justin Fields, like there's a great argument. And it would be a back and forth conversation for me if I was in a real draft room and I was in the war room and I was making those types of decisions because that's so similarly graded for me because I think they're stylistically very similar. It's just for me, like they're so close that I feel like if I had the opportunity to just get one of them, I would be okay with it because at the end of the day, it's the the system and the situation is going to dictate both of those guys how successful they are. They're not – they're not the Trevor Lawrence's were like, hey, I could throw him in the Jets probably or the Jaguars or whoever franchise it is, and he can make everybody around me better. And we can build around him because he is that guy. For me, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, you need things to be built around them for them to be advantageous and then for them to have the opportunity to build. They're not guys where immediately they're just going to be thrown in the fire and say, you elevate everybody. They're going to need a lot more help than a guy like Trevor Lawrence. At the end of the day, if if the Jets can can trade back successfully and still get a guy that they they value that highly, that they think is right there with the next guy, and they're able to trade back and accumulate more draft capital, that, that's a win for the Jets. At the end of the day, uh, I think at the end of the day you take your guy. But if they're w- willing to take that risk and and hope that one of those guys falls to them trading back and they can accumulate more future draft capital, that's a win in their part. All right, guys, let's get on to talking about our favorite prospect matchups for the bowl games coming up. The one that I'm really key on, and I'm going with 
a smaller matchup here. I want to go with the Liberty Coastal Carolina game. This is a fantastic game. Two smaller programs that had tremendous success this year. They had some serious talent. I want to go with Malik Willis, the quarterback for Liberty, facing off against that Coastal Carolina defensive line. I want to see both sides of this. I want to see how Coastal Carolina's defensive line does against Malik Willis, that Teron Jackson, C.J. Brewer, Jeffrey Gunter, all those guys. And then also, how does Willis, who maybe isn't going to be a part of this draft class, performs against one of the most talented groups in college football? Ryan, where do you sit? What matchup are you looking forward to? Shocker. Joe goes with a couple small school kids. I love it, man. That's yep. the brand to say the least. For me, I want a little larger of a matchup. We got Trey Smith, the offensive guard from Tennessee, who is all of 6'6", 330 pounds, just an imposing force on the interior, who's going to have some concerns about, hey, how healthy is he, recurring issues with blood clots, like what what is the long-term outlook on him? Because on the field, I think that he is one of the top 10 to 15 players in this draft class. I think he's that dominant potential. I think he's got pro ball guard written all over him if he can stay healthy. He's going to be facing off for West Virginia. The Stills brothers, Darius and Dante, but one specifically that I really want to take a look at is Darius Stills, who is a sawed-off, about six foot one, 285-pound interior defensive lineman that actually plays the true zero nose in their, in their three-man front. And he is not going to play that position on the next level. But what Darius Stills has is he moves really well, surprisingly well. He's got some penetration ability. He moves like laterally very well. There's a lot of nice traits to him. I think he's a little underrated because West Virginia has not been a great football team, but for over the last couple of years, Darius Stills has been stuffing the stat sheet and has really cemented himself as one of the premier defensive linemen in the Big 12 and in all of college football. So I really want to take a look at Trey Smith when he has some down block opportunities, when he gets some one-on-one matchups against Darius Stills to see how good of a player Stills is in his last football game at West Virginia. No, that's a that's a great one, Ryan. I, I'm I'm excited to see that one in the trenches, power versus power, with some some good athleticism on both ends as well. For me, I'm gonna go with an ascending quarterback prospect. You know, we talk about who's QB five at this point. That's now that's the the conversation. It started with who's QB four, now it's QB five with the the resurgence of uh, Zach Wilson. And it's really a mixed bag. You get a lot of different opinions. You have Trey Lance, or excuse me, um, um, what's Florida's quarterback? Kyle Trask. You, <laughs> I don't know why I blinked out. You have Kyle Trask. You have Mac Jones. But I'm I'm excited to see Desmond Ritter. I think he's 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 going up against Georgia. Uh, Georgia's going to have some opt outs. They're still trickling in. Who who exactly is going to play on that Georgia defense? But I see a lot of day two picks on that Georgia defense. Um, I don't know exactly how many of them are going to play, but nonetheless, Georgia's defense is very, very talented, whether it's their first string or second string. And I think this is Desmond Ritter's final opportunity to submit himself as, could he be that fifth quarterback? Could Because I think five quarterbacks might end up going in the first round. It's just who is that number five? Is it Kyle Trask? Is it Mac Jones? Is it Desmond Ritter? And I think this is a great opportunity for Ritter to finish off an undefeated season for Cincinnati. He has a little chip on his shoulder, as he, thought, he th- probably thinks that uh, – that they deserve a shot in that playoff. So to come out and play a good game against Georgia, no matter who's playing for that Georgia defense uh, in a couple weeks, I think this is going to be a huge stepping stone for him trying to become a first-round prospect. Let's wrap ourselves up here with your favorite segment, folks. Stat sheet stuffers, whoever had the best statistical performances in college football from the previous week. 
I was lucky enough to snipe this this fantastic stat line here because nobody, uh, for some reason, nobody, yeah, I'm, I'm nobody a big put this fan one. Too. Ryan just hates hates this it's player. Not, I'm a so fan. He's just shaking is, his is head at me. Is it's it not sniping? that impressive. Is it it's sniping not that impressive. If, we, if we let you have it? You got the leftovers, if anything. <laughs> so, Trey Sermon rushing for 331 yards on 29 carries and two touchdowns in the Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern. A pretty good defense is is leftovers to you? That's leftovers? No, I, I was just saying, we had the sheet all ready to go, and you you, you picked yours last. I so forgot. We let I you did. have it. We let yeah. you have it. No, you didn't. You, you, got, you guys forgot about Trey Sermon. That's what it was. All right, Alex, what do you uh, For me, I'm going to the defensive side of the football this time since Ryan didn't want to. And I'm going to go with Emmanuel Forbes, Mississippi State cornerback. True freshman getting a lot of valuable playing time in Mississippi State's defense against Missouri this week in a non-conference championship game. Seven tackles, that's whatever. What's really is the ball production. Two pass deflections, two interceptions, one of those going back for a pick six. Uh, he was all over the place. Missouri has a pretty good passing attack. I, I like uh, the quarterback Basilak a little bit. And uh, true freshman showing out. Good size, six foot, 200 pounds is what he's listed at. I don't think that's true but ball production was put on display in this final <laughs> game for him to end out the season in a win wow alex picked a defensive player i'm so proud no, of him. thank you um, my last guy <laughs> and I, I really want to highlight him because he's a guy that was actually on the bruce feldman freak list from the athletic in the in the preseason simi fioko who is a wide receiver from stanford uh davis milster for like almost 500 yards in this game as well got to throw him his name in there because i was a fan of him in the summer but simi fioko on that Feldman's freak list was listed at over six foot four, 227 pounds, apparently runs in the four threes. So a guy to keep an eye on. And in this game, Stanford, this victory Stanford had, he had 16 receptions for 230 yards and three touchdowns. Now, Simi is only a registered sophomore. So who knows if he is a, a, a option in this cycle coming up here in the 2021 NFL draft cycle. But if he's not, you have to think, because, I mean, I'm thinking about wide receivers next year, right? There's going to be the Garrett Wilsons. There's going to be the George Pickens. Like, it's a, it looks like it's going to be another good class, but I don't think it has. it's going to quite have the depth of the 2019 and 2020 crew. So, Simi Fioko, I think, especially with that size-speed combination and now the production to back it up, could be one of the guys that we're talking about next year as one of the premier wide receivers in the NFL draft for 2022. Well, on that note... Let's wrap up today's show. Folks, thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, hit that subscribe button. Drop us a review. We need some more reviews, folks. If you like listening to the show, please give us some feedback and let us know. Keep us up to date uh, just to help us boost the show a little bit more. Additionally, follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, at Alex Gilstrap, and at NFL Prospects Pod for amazing NFL draft content produced by our social media guys, Alec uh, Polito and Zach Garten. Uh, additionally, follow Believe Podcasts at BLEAV Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. Head to Believe.com to find our show as well as hundreds of other amazing shows. Stay tuned for Thursday as we will be giving you another fantastic NFL draft prospect interview. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.